0: Hello, thanks for listening to our Fusion Sermon podcast. Fusion is a worshiping community within Hardaway Ministries. We gather at 1030 a.m. in the Red Brick Church building on the Hardaway campus, on the corner of 160th and Lakewood in Holland, Michigan. We invite you to join us in person when you are able. To learn more about our Fusion community and Hardaway Ministries, please visit hardaway.com. But This morning, we are continuing our Advent series, and so we are going to dig in. Uh, our Advent series is uh, titled The Christmas Story. We've been working our way, or we're working our way through Luke's account of the events leading up to the birth of Jesus Christ. Uh, and each week, we've, we'll, we're going to be considering uh, how these events and what they have to teach us about uh, some of these, these four traditional themes of Advent, Hope. Uh, This week is peace. Next week, joy and love, all working toward our Christmas celebration in a few weeks. Last week, we we jumped into the book of Luke, and we remembered Zechariah, right? Zechariah's encounter with the angel Gabriel in the temple of the Lord, where he received a word of hope uh, that Zechariah's wife, Elizabeth, would bear him a son, John. That's John the Baptist, who would prepare the way for the coming Messiah, Uh, And we remembered last week that through Zechariah and Elizabeth, we remembered that hope comes, and with hope comes waiting. You remember? And with waiting, waiting can be hard. Waiting can be challenging. Waiting's messy, and there's doubts, and there's questions, and it can be just difficult. Uh, In the waiting, all of these things, the insecurities and fears and all the impatience kind of rises to the surface while we wait. But we remembered last week that ultimately our hope is found in Jesus This week, we look at the next story in Luke's account and consider kind of, it's it's really a, it's kind of a parallel story, an encounter with the angel Gabriel. But this time, it's not Zechariah. It's a young virgin by the name of Mary. And what we're going to look at is that Mary, uh, in Mary, there's, it's a quite different response to the angel Gabriel uh, to some unexpected news. Mary seems to find this, this peace in the waiting so we're going to pick up right where we left off, Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. If you're willing, if you're able, I invite you to stand. If you have a Bible, feel free to turn with us as we read, as we listen to God speak to us through his word. Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Join me in a word of prayer. God, we thank you once again for your word. We thank you, Spirit, for preserving these words throughout the centuries. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for not only inspiring their writing, but Lord, inspiring their reading and their listening. Lord, we pray that that this account of these events leading up to the birth of Jesus Christ, Lord, would inspire, would continue to speak life into our lives today. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Last weekend, our, uh, our family went on a, a little adventure. Um, our family is, 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 is one who uh, every year gets a, a real Christmas tree uh, instead of a, 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 an artificial Christmas tree. How many, how many real Christmas tree fans out there? Okay. How many fake Christmas tree fans out there? Okay. The fake Christmas trees have it. Uh, by the way, to show we're nonpartisan, we actually have an artificial Christmas tree in the basement. So, hey. We're, we're all for both, all for celebrating the Christmas spirit. But anyway, last week we, we decided to go on a little adventure. And, and this time, instead of going to some parking lot and, and picking up a pre-cut tree, uh, we went to a Christmas tree farm. And we went on this adventure and we hiked through the woods uh, through the, wil- it's not a wilderness, it's a, it's a Christmas tree farm, but we went hiking through the Christmas tree farm to find the perfect tree. And when we came across that tree, we said, nah, and we kept looking and then we finally returned back to that same tree. And we cut that tree down and then dragged it through the forest uh, the, the mile and, a- no, it was probably a quarter mile. It wasn't that far, but we dragged the tree through the forest, got it bundled by Buddy the Alf there and then put it on our car, set it up at home and we decorated the tree and it looked amazing and it filled that whole corner of our living room in a beautiful awesome way and we were just so pleased looking at that awesome tree right and then watching home alone that night before we watched home alone though we were sitting down for dinner uh, our our kitchen area it's all kind of in one open area and we're we're having our, our our evening meal and i don't know it seemed like this this evening meal things were just going so well our kids were getting along, we were asking questions, we were listening, we were just, we were, we were, you know, it was like we were singing, we weren't singing songs, but it was just this beautiful meal and then all of a sudden in the middle of the meal we hear, crash! And the Christmas tree came crashing down right on our coffee table. Yvonne and I jump up and spring to action. I grab the tree and lift it up. Yvonne's trying to get towels to clean up all the water that's spilled everywhere. The kids are just looking at it. And I think in a moment they thought Christmas was canceled because they just, they just burst into tears. They're like, no, what happened? Oh, my word. And they're like, then they, they pick up a broken ornament. No! It's like Christmas is canceled for the year, the Christmas tree has fallen, but we got it all set back up and, and leaned it against the wall a bit, and it looks fine, you know. It doesn't look the same as it did the first time we put it up, but our Christmas tree's up. And and, and I was just thinking about, about that kind of interruption, right? We're having this peaceful meal, and then all of a sudden, this peaceful, quiet meal is interrupted by the crashing down of a Christmas tree. And what I began to just kind of realize is just reflecting on peace this past week, uh, it's kind of a common longing of all human hearts, right? There's this common longing in all of us for peace. I think that's something that all people kind of share in common. At least most people, we we long for peace, uh, whether that's world peace. You know, you think of the, the kind of the stereotypical kind of beauty pageant answer, well, what do you wish for in the world? World peace. There's this Funny scene for miscongeniality. But anyway, world peace. Uh, but not only just peace in this world. Of course, we long for peace in the world. We see the wars and the things that are happening around this world, and, and we long for peace in the world on kind of this global scale. But there's also something that seems just as elusive, and that's the, 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 the inner peace, the kind of peace and contentment of the human heart. I did a quick Google search, and and a Google search turned up plenty of experts uh, weighing in and offering a variety of answers regarding finding inner peace. In fact, uh, you can find websites called the Quest for Inner Peace or the Search for Inner Peace, and there's all kinds of strategies and, and helpful tips uh, to, to to try to find inner peace. Some of them more helpful than others, uh, certainly uh, Practices that are helpful, like seeking professional counseling, that's a beautiful thing. Uh, Certainly that is a good thing. Practices of mindfulness have really skyrocketed recently, or meditation practices. Uh, There's other, some more obscure ideas that most of us don't have access to, uh, but you can kind of read about things like uh, a sensory deprivation chamber. Have you heard of this? I don't have access to that, uh, but sensory deprivation chamber or, or a darkness retreat. There, that was kind of in the news a year or two ago, right? You can go to a darkness retreat. Uh, and there's even, there's even a lot of people talking about like, the use of psychedelics. Like, there's all kinds of things to try. And, and the point of that all is people are after and seeking and desperate to find a peace and a tranquility of the heart. What's fascinating is we live in maybe arguably the most prosperous time in human history, We have more leisure, we have more free time, and we have more wealth and prosperity than we could ever dream of. And yet, there is this deep longing for peace because I think so many of us, it's lacking. Now, I don't want to pretend like in the next 20 minutes we're going to completely solve that quest for peace. That's not my intent. But I do think there's something we can learn from this adolescent girl named Mary As we read in our text, Mary, again, is a young virgin pledged to be married to Joseph. She's told that she's going to become pregnant Uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit. An angel tells her she's going to become pregnant. And somehow, as we read this account from Luke, Mary seems to find peace in that drastically disruptive news. What I want to do this, more, this morning is to work our way through this account and really kind of zero in on Mary's responses to the angel. There's there's three responses that Mary, that were offered of Mary to the angel Gabriel and see if there's something we can learn uh, from her about this path that she takes to find peace. What we immediately find is that Mary uh, does not start out kind of in this peace filled estate, right? Or this peace filled state of mind. At first, she's troubled. That's kind of the first movement of this passage. Let's kind of set the story again. Luke opens with with some important context, right? we're six months after Elizabeth becomes pregnant. So Elizabeth has been pregnant for six months and we're told that God sends a messenger, the angel Gabriel. In fact, the same angel that spoke to Zechariah, Gabriel, this time is being sent to a young virgin named Mary. Now at that time, we, we assume we, we assume that she would have been a similar age of other girls who were who are engaged at that time in that context. So she was likely a teenager, like 13 to 15 years old. And she's pledged Uh, to be be married to Joseph. Again, a different context. That that was a year-long process to kind of prepare a young couple for marriage, uh, right? And so she's betrothed is a word. It's it's, it's more than what we understand as engagement. She is is understood uh, to be engaged, betrothed to a man by the name of Joseph. Joseph, we're told, is in the line of David. That's significant. And as we kind of look at these two stories in parallel between Mary and Zechariah, there's similarities between Zechariah and Mary, but there's also quite a few differences. Some similarities. Both are hearing from the angel Gabriel. Both of them receive a word, kind of a similar theme that, that, that they're gonna, there's, there's a pregnancy that is, is really impossible. And so there's some similarities there, but there's also some differences. Zechariah, for one, is, is old, right? He's well-advanced in age. He's had many life experiences and disappointments in his life. On the other side of it, you have Mary, who is, who is young. Zechariah is, is a priest, right? So he's well-educated, and he's, he's, he knows the Torah. Mary is, is young, and she's, this innocent, she's a virgin. She's innocent, there's an innocence in Mary. Another major difference is Zechariah and Elizabeth have been longing for a child their entire married life together, right? Right? where Mary, I think we all can agree, she's not ready for a child, at least not yet, right? There are these similarities and there's differences. And I think maybe some of these play a role in how Mary responds differently to this encounter with the angel Gabriel, but there's something remarkable about how Mary responds. Gabriel shows up to Mary. Uh, We're not sure where she is, likely just in her home, offers this incredible greeting. Greetings, or the word there in the Greek is actually rejoice, rejoice. You who are highly favored, the Lord is with you in verse 28. And here's where we get Mary's first response to the angel Gabriel. We read in verse 29, Mary was greatly troubled. It's a Greek word that also can mean perplexed, kind of a a back and forth is kind of the imagery of that Greek word. Troubled or perplexed at his words and wondered or pondered or thought about what kind of greeting this might be. Now, as we look at that that passage, that description of Mary's response, we, we can only really speculate exactly what Mary is pondering about or what has her puzzled and perplexed. Is it, is it, is it just the, 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 the fact that she's, this angel has appeared to her and she's just troubled because of the glory of an angel? Perhaps. Maybe there's some other things at play. Could it be that there's questions around why is an angel of the Lord why is the angel of the lord bothering visiting me this poor young girl from nazareth maybe 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 mary is 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 so maybe just Perhaps she's she's excited about her upcoming marriage to Joseph. After all, Joseph's a a noble and good man. Maybe she's excited about what the future might hold for her and Joseph and looking forward to the wedding and and now kind of wondering, well, well, how is this going to throw a wrench in my plans? We don't know exactly what she's pondering. We don't know exactly why she's troubled. But Mary offers an example to us of honestly acknowledging her circumstances and wrestling with what it might mean. It teaches us something profound about the pathway toward peace. That finding peace, finding kind of an inner peace includes acknowledging when things are troubling and hard. It seems simple, and yet I think it's so profound. Too often, we think that inner peace, like inner tranquility or whatever word you want to use, inner peace comes from ignoring or escaping our troubles. We think that if only we can just deny that there's anything wrong, oh, it's, it's fine, it's no big deal, or, or we can just distract ourselves enough and, and kind of get lost in other things, then we'll find peace despite our circumstances if I can just ignore or escape my troubles, well, that's the pathway to peace. But the reality is that at best, distraction or denial will only lead to a momentary relief of our troubles. And that is not the path toward lasting peace. Now, let me just say, there are times when what we're facing is absolutely so overwhelming and what we actually need is a momentary relief from the trouble. And so God has given us. And sometimes you just you need to get away. You need to distract yourselves. And, and that's good. And that shouldn't don't don't feel shame about that. I remember my cousins when their dad died, my uncle died, they they went golfing the morning of, of the funeral, right? Because they just needed it was just too overwhelming. They needed to get away. That's okay, that's good. But we can't live perpetually in a state of denial or distraction because that's not healthy and that's not. Good. And on the opposite extreme, on one extreme, we, we, we deny, we say, oh, it's no big deal, we distract ourselves, we get lost in other things. On the other extreme, we kind of become doomsday, like the world's falling apart, and everything's falling apart, and we become fatalistic or cynical or skeptical, and nothing's ever going to go well. Well, that's another extreme, that's, that's not healthy as well. And here's the thing, in our modern culture, like distraction and denial, it's it's way too easy. We actually don't need a sensory deprivation chamber or we don't need to go on a darkness retreat to ignore or escape our trouble. For most of us, we have this, this little computer in our pocket called an iPhone or an Android or whatever model you prefer and it works wonders in distracting and helping us escape our troubles. And I'll be the first to admit, I admit this all the time, but I am so guilty of getting lost and just distracting myself in a Netflix series or tying myself to some sports franchise, right? And just escaping reality. And this phone is the perfect portal to get to that place of distraction and denial. But what Mary's example teaches us is that finding true peace involves facing our trouble and being willing to ponder and think it over, right? Right? Well, Mary's story continues, and she continues to lean in, this time with a question. Let's, let's continue to pick up the story, verses 30 through 34. Her response is a question, but what leads to that question? The angel Gabriel begins uh, the great annunciation of Jesus' birth, right? These famous words, and again, he reiterates that Mary has found favor, right? So she need not be afraid. That's a good, a good reminder. But then goes on to share that Mary... Again, this adolescent virgin who's currently engaged to a man named Joseph will conceive and give birth to a son. The angel goes on to say, this child's name will be Jesus, which literally just means God saves or Yahweh saves, right? Oh, yeah, the angel goes on to say, and this, this boy, this child named Jesus will be the Messiah. All this language about the throne of David, the angel is saying without a, without a doubt that this child, that she will bear and give birth to, will be the promised Messiah. Now again, upon hearing that word, we can, we can only imagine what might be swirling around Mary's mind upon hearing this. Does, again, does she first kind of just consider her circumstance? A virgin pledged to be married to, to Joseph? Is, is she thinking about Joseph and how is he going to respond? Is she wondering about the timing of all this? Like, can we wait a little bit? The wedding is, is, is X number days away. Can, can it happen after that, Right? Or does she she hear what the angel is saying about who Jesus will be, the savior of the world, the son of the living God, the Messiah who has come to redeem God's people? Well, We don't know exactly what's swirling around her mind, but what we do know is we do know is how Mary responds to this incredible proclamation and she responds with a question, an understandable question, right? She says, how will this be? She asks the angel, since I am a virgin. This incredible news, Mary responds with a question, how will this happen? Notice Mary's question does not re- revolve around whether it can happen, right? Instead, she's, she doesn't say, how can this happen? Instead, she's just wondering how it will happen. Her question, how it's phrased, acknowledges that she accepts it's going to happen But she just doesn't understand how this thing is going to happen. Here again, Mary's example offers another important insight regarding a path that leads to peace. And that, that, that is this, that finding peace often includes seeking understanding. Finding peace includes the willingness to ask thoughtful and sometimes even difficult questions. See, I think too often we think inner peace is about about having all the answers, right? We think about the person who who is living at peace, right, within themselves and maybe our imaginations go and and, and imagine this kind of wise old sage who's figured everything out, who, who has the answers to the big questions of life and so finding inner peace is the end of this lifelong pursuit of knowledge and once we have that knowledge, then we can finally be at peace. And if we imagine finding inner peace as having the answers, then the temptation then is, is sometimes to kind of pretend like, like we have all the answers, kind of fake it till you make it, right? Well, well, it must be this. And that can sometimes lead to kind of this blind acceptance, like, oh, this, this must be just part of God's plan, like God did this for a reason, Right? Mary's question reminds us that seeking understanding, searching for truth, seeking knowledge and inquiry, inquiring of God can all be helpful parts of this path that leads to peace. Again, if, if on one side is kind of this blind acceptance, well, this is just how it should be and I just got to deal with it. This is just God's plan and, and I just deal with it. On the other side of that extreme is this obsessive pursuit of finding all the answers, and we can get into this, we, we, and we ha, again, we have these phones where we can research, we can research with, without ever stopping because we have access to all kinds of information and so we can become obsessed with getting information and trying to find answers to all of these hardest questions but if anyone has gotten caught in that downward spiral, I have, you know, that is an exhausting pursuit as well that doesn't actually lead to peace. Friends, God can handle Our questions. God can handle our uncertainty. And sometimes in God's grace, we we ask a question like Mary does. And God in his grace, he he gives us an answer. We say, Thank you, God. But I think there's other times where we're we're desperate to find an answer, and and actually in God's grace, He withholds an answer. And that doesn't always feel like grace, but I think it, it can be also an act of grace. Because pursuing answers can be part of the journey, but also a willingness to accept our own limits that we, we can't, we're not going to have all the answers to all of our questions in this life. And sometimes I think we, we kind of find ourselves on, on one or of, of two kind of default positions. Some of us, we, we obsess about finding answers thinking that it'll bring us peace, right? Right? And so for some of us, we're prone to kind of just be in those internet sleuths and trying to find answers and all these answers to these questions, and we, we run ourselves tired. But for others of us, we, we think we, we can't ask hard questions. And, and that's our default. Like, we can't ask God tough questions, and we can't, we can't bring those questions to God because that shows a lack of faith, and then I'm not believing. And, and so for some of us, we're kind of wired a little different. But Mary shows us that peace is is not found in having all the answers, but it's also not found in not asking any questions and just blindly accepting things the way they are. Asking good questions, seeking understanding, is part of the journey toward peace as well as accepting our limits. Again, Mary asks a logical question of Gabriel, and this leads us uh, to an answer that he gives. How can this all be since I'm a virgin, she asks. The story continues, and we see this hint of faith. Gabriel answers, with how this has all happened, she'll conceive through the power of the Holy Spirit. She'll be overshadowed, literally surrounded. There's some language there from the Old Testament that she'll be surrounded by the power of God. That's what that overshadowed uh, language means. This child will not come through Joseph. And she hears that, that that sounds impossible, right? Well, the the angel then says, your relative, Elizabeth, she's already six months pregnant. The one who, who, who thought she would never have a child, she's six months pregnant, So, you can trust this. After all, no word from God will ever fail. What a a profound word from the angel. And after this answer to Mary's question, we have maybe the most profound and quite frankly impressive words ever uttered by an adolescent youngster. She says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. That's a a response well beyond her years, amen? That's a response well beyond my years, amen? You didn't say amen, thank you. Just kidding. That's an incredible, incredible response. Mary's words are incredible. They're inspiring. They're words full of humility and grace. They're words of obedience and submission to God's word and God's plan but ultimately they are words of faith. Incredible faith. And in these words, in this response, Mary offers maybe the deepest insight regarding a path that leads toward peace. And that's this, that finding peace for our souls is a journey that ultimately must include and end with faith. It includes and it ends with faith. You see, finding peace includes, yes, acknowledging when things are hard and troubling. We don't deny, we don't distract, we acknowledge when things are hard. Finding peace also involves seeking understanding. We ask good questions, we seek to understand what's happening, while also recognizing that we'll never have all the answers. And when we get to that point, inevitably we get to a point where we reach the end of ourselves, we reach the the limits of our own understanding, we get to that point when all of the answerable questions have been answered, and yet still questions remain, and things remain tough and difficult. What do do we do from there, and where do we go from there? I mean, we can pursue some of the strategies that, that the internet gives us, some of the strategies made available to us, some of them more helpful than others, Right? We can talk to a counselor or a therapist. Again, good practices. We can, we can practice meditation or mindfulness. If we have some level of means, we can go to some more obscure uh, levels like a sensory deprivation tank or a darkness retreat. Maybe for us, we, 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 we dig down into this, this, this core of who we are, our faith, and we, we start to say, well, maybe I just need to have enough faith and maybe I need to just trust God more. But did you notice that all of those responses, where where is the source of peace to be found in all of those practices and responses? In all of them, practiced a certain way, right? The source of peace is, is myself. Think about that, particularly with a darkness retreat or a deprivation tank, the idea is to become conscious of yourself, to lean deeper into your innermost thoughts, to take away all distractions and all exterior inputs, right, and just be left with your own thoughts and emotions, and the idea being when you take away all of those external factors, then from within, peace will be birth. You are to provide that peace. But that is a burden that's so heavy to bear. Faith reminds us powerfully that, friends, we cannot be our own source of peace. God didn't design us that way. Faith points us to something beyond ourselves. We can can put our faith and our trust in many different things, and that includes ourselves, but Mary's story reminds us powerfully where our peace is is ultimately found. It's found in Jesus. It's found in Jesus. Peace is found in Jesus. Peace on earth will eventually come when Jesus returns. Peace in our hearts and our souls is found in Jesus. Finding true inner peace is not about finding the right strategy or the gimmick to connect with ourselves so that we can become the fountain of peace or love in our own lives. The pathway toward true inner peace is most powerfully illustrated in Mary, the mother of Jesus. And think about this powerful word picture. We have have Mary, who is going to be the one who will carry Jesus within her womb who will carry the son of God within her body for nine months, right? And that's the word picture for us. Because though we might not physically carry the baby Jesus in our womb, the scriptures are clear that everyone who believes in Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ lives in each of us. The same one who the angel declared to Mary would be called Jesus, which again means Savior. The same Jesus who would be called Son of the Most High, the Son of God, who would reign on the throne of of David as the Messiah. This same Jesus would live in the hearts and souls of disciples of Jesus Christ. And this Messiah, Jesus Christ, who the prophet or Isaiah foretold, this is what the prophet Isaiah would say about Jesus. For unto us a child is born and the son is given and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forevermore. That same Jesus who would grow up, who would live, who would walk and would teach, what does it mean to follow God? He would die on a cross he would rise again three days later and he would promise to return and establish his kingdom that would never end, a kingdom of peace and justice. That same Jesus, do you realize, friends, lives in the hearts of those who believe. That prince of peace lives in you, lives in me. And he grants us a faith to believe and to receive that gift of peace. Friends, there's no strategy, there's no practice, there's no deep dive into our own mind or consciousness that can come close to the peace offered to us in Jesus Christ. Now let me say, there, there's spiritual practices. There's spiritual practices that help guide us into Christ's presence. Many of them are, are some of the same kind of practices like meditation, meditating on God's word, silence. And solitude, some of the simil- similar practices, but the end goal is different. When meditating on Jesus Christ, it's different. It's not a self emptying of all of our thoughts or all things, but it's a meditating and zeroing in and focusing. Our goal in that kind of meditation and prayer is Jesus Christ. And I'm all for the practices, the spiritual disciplines that guide us into the presence of Jesus that lives within our hearts. Also, here's a little preview of next week. Um, If you were to read ahead, notice what Mary does in the very next verse. We're told that uh, at at that time Mary got ready and she hurried to the hill country of Judea. What does she do? She she runs right after the angel leaves her and goes to Zechariah and Elizabeth's house. And what happens at Elizabeth's house? The the, the you know Elizabeth John the Baptist leaps in right and there's this confirmation of everything that the angel just said is true and you can believe it. Her faith is affirmed and encouraged and her peace is strengthened. How? Through the gift of one another. So as we think about pursuing peace, again, this is not an individual, this is not a a path we do on our own, but this is a journey that we journey together to encourage one another in our faith, to encourage one another in peace and receiving the peace of Jesus Christ. It's good news, friends. As we close, even, even, even as we think about, even when interruptions to our peace come, Friends, many of us have experienced those interruptions and, and they, they will come. And the reality is that the interruptions that, that we go through are far more disruptive uh, than a Christmas tree falling over on a coffee table, amen. It's far more disruptive than a, than a Christmas tree interrupting an evening meal. But when those interruptions and when those disruptions come, remember that peace does not come from within. It is not up to us to produce some inner feeling of peace, but peace comes from the one who lives in us, Jesus Christ. As we close our time together, I think it's fitting to end with these words from the Apostle Paul. Paul is writing the, to the Philippian church while imprisoned in Rome. He's suffering for the cause of the gospel. And yet in his suffering, he writes about a peace in the spirit, and he writes with, a, with, 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 with joy. Now we're going to talk about joy next week. So, But let me read these words from Philippians 4, beginning with verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, Paul writes. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. That's a promise. Paul goes on, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. Verse 11, I am not saying this because I'm in need for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. See, the friends, the secret of contentment, the kind of peace that transcends our understanding, that transcends our circumstance, is the profound and incredible reality of Jesus Christ living in the hearts and the lives of those who believe. And so let's pray that in our longing for peace, we would pursue Christ in our lives. you join me? Gracious God, we thank you. Prince of Peace, Lord of Lords. We thank you, God, that, that the promise of the gospel is that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we are united to Christ, that, Lord Jesus, you live in our hearts. Lord, that is the reality. And Lord, we confess that life is hard. And the things that that we experience, maybe, Lord, some of the things that we're going through right now are challenging. And Lord, our hearts resonate with this longing for peace. Lord, as our hearts long for peace, Lord, may we be blessed in that longing. It is a good longing. And Lord, may you direct our lives to the Prince of Peace. And as we think about receiving this gift of peace within our hearts, Lord, we remember in this Advent series that peace is not just something that we're to hold on to, that we're, you know, we we, we are living with peace in our hearts. And so, no, Lord, the peace that Jesus Christ, you have come to bring. It's not just a peace that dwells in the hearts of those who believe, but it is a peace that transforms the world in which we live. And so, Lord, as we sing, as we remember about a peace that reigns in us, Lord, we also pray and we long for a peace, a shalom, a wholeness, a completion that would reign from ocean to ocean so that all people would be able to experience the goodness of God and experience the wonder of our Savior Jesus Christ, for it's in his name that we pray all these things. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. To learn how to get involved in our Fusion community or how to support Heart of Wike Ministries, please visit us at heartofwike.com.